your chaos. I long for your call, seduction. Profound feeling of connection. The vastness of potential. Creation and destruction. Pulling at each other like a child leaving the womb. I stand here in awe of your power, gazing into the precipice of wonder. Should I dare step into you? Will I survive? Will I still be me? Or do I dare find a better me, a more complete me? Me that is deeply connected to the power of you. Dear Order, thank you. Thank you for permanence. Thank you for tempo. Thank you for allowing exploration. Thank you for the scaffolding to reach into the unknown. For the base where I can root the core of me. With you by my side, I can dare to dream, have the courage to transcend, because I know I'm safe. I know that I'm loved that I can always come home. I love you. Thank you. How was that? That was really good. You liked it? Mm-hmm. Yeah? What came up? Um, for sure, the parts about that um, being a more complete, for me, that means balanced person uh, with some order and not having to run through chaos and keep attracting as much chaos as possible like that has been how I've rolled for most of my life. Um, and that there is safety in not having to constantly have everything be so chaotic that you can have order. But also, I don't want to be so ordered that um, that I don't have any fluidity or and, I, and I'm not, I'm, I'm rigid. I don't want to be rigid. I want yeah. to still be me, which is pretty off color and kind of crazy, um, but not be constantly giving my family more and more things to contend with that I think for a long time I just used as distraction. Mm. 
That's a big realization. Mm-hmm. So, did, so do you feel in some capacity, if you were the captain of chaos, that you at least were somewhat in control? Yes. Yes. And I would have said to you that I had zero control issues. I do believe I embarrassingly said that <laughs> to a few people that were kind enough to just be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Specifically, you know, our moms. Sure. Oh, honey, of course. Nope. You don't have any control issues. And, oh, yes, I do. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big realization, right? Mm-hmm. That about coming to control as a measure or control as a defense mechanism rather mm-hmm. than a scaffolding. Mm. I love the word scaffolding. I do too. I use it way too much now, but it's like, I don't know another word of creating rigid structures in our psyche of which where we can build upon mm-hmm. solid infrastructure mm-hmm. where we can build upon. Yep. Yep. I don't know another way to put that. Mm-hmm. And scaffolding is the word that I use the crap out of. And last year you had mentioned that when we were down here and I think I've been thinking a ton about scaffolding and infrastructure within mm. our family and our business and, um, really working towards how, as a business owner, I was just, you know, flying by the seat of my pants. And that in this last while, it's been a lot more intentional and built with more infrastructure and more order. Because, I mean, we're kind of doing it backwards, you know. That That's like the struggle of, of entrepreneurship, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, do the chaotic thing just to get it the fire started, right? Do mm-hmm. whatever you have to do, and then you build the fire pit. Mm-hmm. Oh, and like right. in flight, right? Right. But there's some people and it's that hot never, and you're burning yourself. Yeah, exactly. And you're doing a crap job on some things, <laughs> yeah. and then other yeah. parts, you know, you've got smoke in your own face, and <laughs> you just ate some ashes. And yeah. but then things are going beautifully at the same time. Yeah. So you don't. Um, it's just really, really hard to see upside down like that. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's, everything has its time. Mm-hmm. And there's time for chaos and there's time for order. And there's time where the balance between the two needs to be there, right? Because mm-hmm. chaos is creativity and, and you know, th- there's expansion and there can be innovation and, and chaos mm-hmm. and because that's how the creative process is. There's a chaotic, you know, element to it and then order, make sure that it can stay for a long time, mm-hmm. right? That it has some staying power. So ha- like, what have you guys done recently to honor infrastructure, honor order and chaos? Like, can you tell me a little bit about that? Like it wasn't intentional before. Now it's a little bit more intentional. What is that? How has that changed, mm-hmm. and how, where did that change come from? Um, I think the really seeking out what is my purpose in the business as both a hairdresser and the owner, and really seeing um, the so much growth in the last nine years, going from four people to twenty four people. Mm. Um, and divvying up where as, you know, 
my sister is the salon manager. My mom works there. And the parts where you're trying to figure out who's doing what, like, you know, we've all been running, 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 doing all the things. And then in this last year have really been, okay, now that we've got the two buildings and those are connected and the vision of how we wanted those to look like, that's come to fruition. And you only know part way as you're doing it. And that was the other difficult part is with constructing a business or a building from 18, whatever, 1880, whatever it is. Um, You really have to be willing to roll with whatever comes up. And every day it was something different. So now that we have the buildings set the way that we wanted them to look like, um, it was more, okay, what does our internal infrastructure look like? What does leading look like for me? Um, Since you and I had talked, like, we've been looking at Simon Sinek and yeah, you Simon know, just Sinek, yeah. different yeah, yeah. different kinds of things. Jordan Peterson, just yeah. different thought processes about leadership. And um that's easier that I'm now that I'm dealing with my own shit. Oh well yeah. Like because yeah, 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 I yeah. am working yeah. on not being fear based. Mm. You know, for the the first eight years of the business, I'm just working against the whole, oh shit, I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. Like, um, and can I, can I put a parenthesis here? So this is, you're my cousin, Mm -hmm. my first cousin, Mm -hmm. the oldest of us cousins, Mm -hmm. but you know, for listeners, Jamie owns a salon in downtown Marshall, Michigan. Mm -hmm. That is a beautiful salon slash spa slash healing slash it's almost even like a salon plus in some capacity because it has this almost mystical experience that you're like almost a therapist to some people. And there's mm-hmm. this very big healing vibe there. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jamie and I have been going through these traumatic events that have happened in our family systems, in our larger family systems together and gone through ent- entrepreneurship together mm-hmm. and have bounced ideas off of each other for, mm-hmm. for many years. Mm-hmm. So, this podcast is the actual – we did a first podcast that was not recorded that <laughs> somebody forgot to press record on. So I'm, I'm, this one I made sure we're recording. Okay, perfect. And then that conversation was just for us too. Yeah. But this one is going to be – is actually being recorded. So we'll It's we'll going to be out there out for there. millions. For millions of people right. or millions of listeners. <laughs> but okay, so uh, sorry to interrupt. So you were saying um, – what leadership, Simon Sinek, Jordan mm-hmm. Peterson, and, some uh, of the just, books that you've read, yeah. some of the working on your shit, how yes. much working on your shit has affected Correct. your organization. Yes. Like the speed of the leaders, the speed of the boat, yes. almost. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so can you say more about that? Um, the not understanding how fear-based I was um, and making so many decisions <clears throat> out of fear <clears throat> all the time that – you know, I was really, first and foremost, I was killing the enjoyment that I had out of actually owning the thing. Yeah. Um, I never wanted to own a business. Never, never, ever, ever. I wanted to, you know, after college, graduating with a degree in social work, knew I didn't want to do that because I didn't like the bureaucracy. 
stuff. I didn't have the detachment piece. I would have been stealing little kids and putting them in my cars because they were in bad <laughs> situations. And I just, I would have sucked at it. Not entangled at all. Not entangled you're at like, all. You're I all going to live with me. Correct. You know? yeah, yes, I'm have exactly. A skill, a score I for... would have been the worst. Um, and <sighs> then, you know, I worked in an accounting firm and I kind of have a, a, blend of right and left brain because yeah. I mean I freaking love post-it notes and paper clips and and all <laughs> the organization um but then I the only creative thing I really like is hair that's okay. other than that like if you ask me to go to Michael's with you and you say you're going to give me money to spend I'm going to say no thanks like I just but, but I you have a, I think you have a skill for creating a vibe I like <gasps> hey you know I got a vibe, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. like you have a like, whatever is created in that in that space, and I've seen it over the years is re- something really special, mm-hmm. and it's not something that just happens. That's comes from intention, and all of you guys, because I know everybody has a part in mm-hmm. creating that vibe, and it's like a family business mm-hmm. that you know people take you know old you know armoires or whatever furniture and then bring it in and repurpose it for the coolest ways and it's got this like chic anti-chic mm-hmm. antique chic vibe i'm not sure if that's the correct terminology but there's like this really cool vibe in this place right and yeah. so from an artistic perspective artistic perspective that's that's something really cool and you guys your whole family our whole family in some weird way, has the ability to create a vibe mm-hmm. in some yes. space. Yes, right. I, to varying I completely degrees. agree with that. Um, and my job is the vibe. And we've recently been able to, like, we sat down. Um, I said to my husband, "I don't understand how this is, but we have to leave work to actually go and get some work done." So yeah. we went away for an overnight. Went to a super nice hotel in Grand Rapids and ate dinner there, worked in the conference room and like the executive lounge. I didn't know people really partied in the executive lounges, but on a Friday night they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't care. We spread out all of our stuff. That's great. People drank around us. I didn't care. Like it was amazing. And in these two days, mom, Lissy and I got so much done. Mm. And one of the biggest things that we did that we've been talking about for a long time was creating an actual workflow chart. For oh, me, I need that visual. Yeah. And for each one of us, we hammered out, okay, these are the things that, like capitalizing on everybody's greatest strengths and making sure that's what each of us is doing because the things that you're doing that you hate drain you. And each one of yeah. us has to do some things that we don't like, but... I want to do more things that I do like versus that I don't. Yeah. And each of us has, you know, like Lissy, the last thing Lissy wants to be out doing is creating that vibe with the customers. Yeah. She's got her people. Like when she sees them and they're always happy to see her, but she is amazing at running that business she's like the back office she is the back lissy's the back office your front office Mm -hmm. that makes sense and mom comes in and makes everything beautiful yes like just you know people asking for donations and we got a thing from somebody at the at our local meta organization like i did not expect this beautiful 
basket that you guys donated at Christmas. This was amazing. Thank you so much. And I mean, I thought that that must have been really special if she took the time to go through and send us that email, which was much appreciated, you know, yeah. like, um, it's always nice to hear the good because too much now people just want to talk about the bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, that vibe is something that I feel so protective of, but so grateful for, mm. you know, like there was somebody that said to mom while we were going through, we purchased, you know, we've had the one business, the one building since, um, 2013 and then purchased the other building in 2018. And we had just a bleh, whole <laughs> bunch of stuff. Basically, I mean, a good thing for what we were doing in our business and our personal lives is the entire foundation had to be rebuilt Yeah, on this exterior wall. And the thing was rotten to the core, which sucked. Um, but we, in the process of that got to put in windows that light infiltrates through and yeah. amazing. Like the vibe in there is really, truly special. Um, and people tell us that all the time, which I'm so grateful to, to hear yeah. the, that part, somebody had said to mom, you know, for a little while, you guys, it didn't feel the same in here. Really? Mm-hmm. What, yeah, where did that did come say from? That. Um, so, Mom didn't tell me who it was, and I think I'm I think I'm really grateful for that because I think I'd be hyper speculating about who said that and where did it come from and all that stuff. I knew the vibe wasn't right. Mm. I could absolutely feel it. It would would another place to say vibe is like culture. Like the culture of the place, like the vibe of the place, the so, essence, the spirit, the core. The, the, yeah, maybe, maybe I'd say the spirit, the culture, you know, because the women that work there are incredible. And I see them do incredible things for their guests and each other every single day, day in, day out. Those girls do not, those women do not tear each other to pieces. We have times where, where we'll go through some really tough stuff. Um, but I know somebody needs, you know, an emergency surgery or whatever. Every single person in there steps up and says, how can I help? Really? I, I, I oh. could work late on Thursday or I can do this. I can. Um, like and somebody got a mohawk and we have to fix that Correct. Situation. And just, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but like we take care of people who are going through the best times of their life and we take care of people who are dying. Wow. And we have yeah. so many pieces and parts of all the in-betweens, but the things that I see and the connections that I see every day are fascinating. You get people in like their most vulnerable, Correct. whether that's, yes. you know, they're, they're, they're in their daughter's wedding yes. or they're, they are, it is their wedding yeah. or they're going into hospice mm -hmm. or whatever that looks like, yes. which I've been a part of both of those scenarios Correct. in our family. So yes. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. For, for being, many people. Yeah. Yes. Being part of somebody's like really big days are, that's an incredible thing to be able to witness and just, um, 
be involved in, you know, like, uh, mm. I, mean, I mean, you know, for example, Aunt Boo, she. So for our listeners, our aunt um, passed away in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a very rare form of cancer and passed in a relatively short period mm-hmm. of time. Yep, like so. four months. Yeah. And she, you know, had recently been saying that, you know, her older sister, my mom, had gone natural gray. It's absolutely beautiful on her. And she started to get jealous. First, she was, um, you know, a little mean girl about it. And then was like, um, I think maybe I want to do that. And she made me color her freaking hair 10 days before she died. I it, Color it. Like, she couldn't even come into the salon anymore because yeah. that, you know hip tumor in the leg and she couldn't move. And I was like, Aunt Boo, I thought you said like you're kind of jealous of mom's hair. Honey, I'm 55 year old, years old and I'm dying. I'm going down with the brown. Like I'm not, <laughs> you're going to color my hair. Like we're not I'm even going doing down a with the brown. Viewing. That's exactly what she said. I'm going down with the brown. I mean, Carson had to make shift this entire system to get the color out of her hair in a hospital bed that she couldn't be moved. Like, we went to great lengths. That's yeah. what I'll say. Carson himself, when when our cousin... So his... Mm-hmm. So our Aunt Boo's middle child, um, which Aunt Boo was the middle child, was, sorry, the youngest, mm-hmm. but her middle child, which she had a profound connection with, um, 31, mm-hmm. developed cancer, um... And within a very short period of time, passed away as well. Mm -hmm. And the cancer manifested itself in his body in extraordinarily similar circumstances as his mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which was, for something, I mean, it was quite something for all of us, too. Yeah, to experience. To experience, yeah. Um, For both of them. Yeah. But the salon was a huge part of Aunt Boo's passing. And then a huge part of Carson, because he Wim- came to Michigan. The to- women thirsting over him first. Yes, of course. And then, because he was a very good-looking, strapping young man. And he knew it. <laughs> and he, he was not <laughs> shy about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm A hot. handsome ba- bastard. And the women in the salon very much... Admired it, appreciated it when he would come yes, by. Yes. Very much so. And then he'd tell me, like in a different time, for sure. Like, shut up. Gross. Um Yeah, that having had that, you know, like I signed the papers on that place the day we found out Aunt Boo was sick. And I knew right away that Aunt Boo was dying. I yeah. just, like, they just downloaded into my soul and I knew she was going. And I remember in February, so like the month before she died, us having this big ice wine and blues fest, which we kind of turned into ice wine and booze fest <laughs> yeah. because we had everybody come there and say, she was in the salon. Yeah, and yeah. like say her goodbyes to. Yeah. She said, "I'm coming out. I'm going to do it one time." She was going to be in a wheelchair. She was, you know, she felt really vulnerable. 
I so appreciated that she did that. And all the people who got to see her so appreciated yeah. her cousins came and, um, the place was just filled with booze people. Like yeah. it was, yeah. it was amazing. And, um, somebody I used to babysit for that Aunt Boot had introduced me to a million years ago said, um, did you ever think you'd see Jamie do this? And she was like, yeah, yeah, I always did. I always thought you really? were going to do this. And she said, I didn't think it would be now, but she said, but I'm damn glad it has been because <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't have seen it. <laughs> um, and then Carson, you know, like, some of the times where we've just, as a family, been able to be down there, I don't know. There is something so healing about that place that, um, I don't know. It's really, it's mind-blowing. It's, I like, you know, I was telling you earlier today, I need to remember the gratitude and mm. the pieces and the parts, like, especially right now, it's been such a heavy time the last few years. People's souls are tired. Yeah. They're so weary. And we listen to that and take that energy on all day long. And it's hard to know what to do with that energy at the end of the end of a day and not tear each other apart and not tear your family apart, not tear yourself apart. But remembering it's a it's a huge gift to be in charge of something of this magnitude. Yeah, it's it's how people are present themselves how people choose to present themselves to the world. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean it's the, the one thing they can really do about on a regular basis and how they choose to present themselves to the world. That's huge. Yeah, and so like for me, that's the smallest part of it. Mm. For me, it's really about the soul work. It really is. And I used to not be able to say that word. Really? No, I couldn't say soul. No, Mm -hmm. I would rather talk to people about... Anything. My butt. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. I couldn't, I could not handle saying the word soul. Really? No. No. Was it because of your own stuff? Yes. Yes, not fully connected to... Not fully connected. At, to, at all. I wouldn't say, like, would say, like, hardly connecting. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's been a big difference. I've always been able to be there, listen to people, you know, just like the networking part of it, you know? Yeah. I'm getting ready to put my house up for sale. Well, this person over here is getting ready to want to buy a house, and blah, blah, blah. And I know a great realtor, and I'm, you know... Like that kind of thing that you do in just everyday business that I know this person's personality would work great with your personality or you need help with your kids in this um, form. And I know of somebody else who's gone through that same journey and they can help those kinds of things. Like that part is so important. And I was always able to do that. You're like the unofficial mayor of Marshall. That's what Billy and and dad, every time (laughs) they come in and I'm always talking to people, why are you the mayor? <laughs> not elected. So I'm not getting the $500 or whatever it is. Salary. Um, correct. But I don't want to be the mayor. Thank you. They have to say things in a politically correct manner. <laughs> I can't. No. No, thanks. I can't even. <laughs> so, um, 
yeah, I, there was always that part of it, but now it feels like much deeper work because I'm able to do the deeper work. We've really walked through so many hard, hard things, which in turn gives you the opportunity for so much more joy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But people really don't get that until they've been able to lean into the pain and lean and lean some more. Yeah. And pile on. And pile on. And continue and, and drown keep going work. And like, and, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's waiting on the other side of it, you know, I can wade in pretty damn deep. And then you can recognize it in other people since you've been through it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. There, there's, a fact, there's, a, there's a factor of like, you can do the hard work because you've already been through mm-hmm. the hard work, mm-hmm. you know, in some, in some yes. capacity, right? Yes. And and in in all actuality, you've dealt with some of the most the hardest things that you people can go through, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In many aspects. Yeah. Yep. We really have. We've we have been through some tough, tough stuff. You know, we've got four girls, age sixteen to twenty. At this point in our life, I had. I had some heart stuff a few years ago, and one of the um, electrophysiologists at U of M said, four daughters, we should put a defibrillator in your chest right now just for that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we've, the hardest thing has, for any parent, is seeing your child hurt, harmed, you know, but whether they are the person harming or the person who has been harmed, right? Yeah. Like, certainly not any easier for parents to see their child locked up or, have, you know, murdered. Like, you know, the, the things that we do to each other yeah, and the the capabilities that we have to harm one another are just huge. Yeah. Yeah, the... the um I mean, the thing that I'm most in awe that, like, when seeing your situation specifically, is that you have the ability now to look at people as, yes, the person that did something, but also look at their trauma as mm-hmm. well, right? So you can, like, both of those, pe- both, both of those statements can be true. Correct. Like, somebody could have done something that wasn't right, mm-hmm. but also could be a product of their unresolved trauma. Correct. And they have to, you know, suffer the consequences in here, mm-hmm. but also look at them and almost acknowledge the meta larger picture of it mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. How, how did you deal with that transition? Was that like a gradual thing that started happening or is that something that was like one day to another? You're like, Oh, this is this also. I think it came in waves because at the, point we had a daughter who was um assaulted by a man who was in a position of power um and she was young and i think in the because we'd been through the deaths like i mean yeah. grandma grandpa Aunt Boo, carson um and tay 
had died. Our other yeah, cousin Tay, had, yeah. had died in a motorcycle accident um, prior to all of this, like the month before, actually. Yeah. Um, so because I'd been through some of those really deeply painful things, I, I knew like, okay, joy will return. You're going to see in some ways in the middle of it, I always am at my most peaceful in a sense. Like it hurts so bad, but I also can see joy and light in, it's almost like magnified Yeah. while, while I'm in the midst of it. And so when I found the person harming our child, I luckily still had that peace was there. And like people will say to you all the time, oh, I, you know, I would have beat the shit out. I would have killed him. I would have, you know, all that stuff. Um, and that's, now I can look at it and be like, that's fear talking. Yeah. You, you're, you're going to a place of, I would do this. Actually, none of us ever knows what we would do until we're placed in that situation. But one of the things I really believe in is who you are at your core comes out right then. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the biggest lessons in learning who I am at my core is an inherently a good person. Like my soul is kind and graceful and that in moments where, because he knew I was coming and I was on my way. So can you put a little bit of context into that? I don't know. I don't want to go just however much context you're comfortable with. Okay. Doing and giving people. It's like that you were, you, you actually were at the place. Yeah. Yeah. I was on my way there. I knew she wasn't where she was supposed to be. And she had just turned 16. And um, I could see on, you know, find my iPhone. It's a beautiful app um, where she was at. And I thought, okay, we don't ever go to that, that area without asking. And, you know, she's not allowed to drive that far. Um, and so I called and immediately I could feel something was wrong. And what do you do in those moments, right? You call your mother. (laughs) (laughs) First, I tried to call my husband and he wasn't picking up the phone and that never, ever happens. He always, always, always picks up his phone. I'm the worst at picking up mine. He didn't pick up. And so I called my mom and she said, honey, if you feel like there's something wrong, you listen to that gut and you mm. go. And I called her back, told her to drop a pin to her location. I could tell at this point she was very, very frightened, very frightened. And I could tell it wasn't just frightened of mom. <clears throat> and I, I swear in front of my children all the time, but I don't swear at my children. For me, that's like a, a no, I don't, not doing that. And I drove over there. It was the anniversary of Aunt Boo's death, five years since she'd been gone. And that day, our family always takes the opportunity to go and we like put a bunch of kindnesses out into the community. Like we have done that every year. And it's an amazing thing. It helps you remind, like, Impu would have given anybody the shirt off of her back. That's yeah. just who she was. She was going to um, mock you in the midst of it. You were going to get a big old laugh about <laughs> something because she was freaking hilarious. But she 
gave and gave and gave. So we've always done that. And on that day, that's usually my focus on March 13th. I'm always thinking about Aunt Boo, might be having a conversation with her because we all knew her so well. You knew exactly how she'd answer. I can literally crack myself up with just a, a witty repartee that someone isn't even there participating in. But that's normally my focus for that day. And the fact that this educator took, you know, for a little while, it kind of hijacked that day. It doesn't anymore. And it won't again. But for a bit, that was what that day then signified for me. Not, and that's a, that's a day of like, yuck, right? Like, like something so painful and so hard, you replaced from something that I attributed with just like love and joy. And really, it's a gift to be a Biggs. It's a gift to be a Biggs. And that's what those days and those experiences always remind me of. So going over there, I was driving 90 miles an hour. But it does come with its burdens. It does come with his burdens. And that's that's so that's freaking okay true. Too. It is okay, too. That's okay, too. Yeah. You can take all of it. Right. And it's not going to kill me. Mm-hmm. And I think... You can accept all of it. Yeah. And give back what no, no longer serves us, right? Correct. And finally, it's great to be at a place to be able to do that, right? Like, that's amazing. Um, so... As I'm driving over there, I'm just praying the whole time. And I'm honestly, I'm thinking a ton about Aunt Boo. And I go there, I find her. And the hardest part for me was that he wasn't telling the truth. Like he was thinking I was born yesterday and I just fell off the turnip truck. And <laughs> yeah, like, dude, gig is up. So, and I don't like being talked to like I'm stupid. Not my faith. Um, but I really, she told what was going on. The strength that I saw in that girl was like, yep. Like part of it is, and I don't want this to sound arrogant, but part of it, like, that's my kid. That is my kid for sure. Cause we can do hard things like almost like really too well. Yeah. Right? Too well. Um, around Marshall, <laughs> go around, and there was a period of years where everywhere we go, people will, oh gosh, because they're like <laughs> the Kennedys, yeah, without money. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, like exactly. we're, we're the Kennedys, um, but super close and tight knit, and really are there for each other. And we don't, we don't tear the crap out of one another. No. That's just not. It's not, it's not what we do. No, it's not what we do. And 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 <clears throat> we've been through some shit. Yes, correct. Like some, we're not one of those families that tear each other no, apart. No, we're not. And that's that's a huge gift. And then break. There's probably a burden in that too. Yeah, because exactly. those people who spin out at one another, you probably feel better in the moment. You know, there's we've all had stuff we wanted to say. Yeah. But didn't do it. And I'm so proud of that and so proud in that that level that we can walk with, that grace, that gratitude, the way that the way we've yeah. been taught and the way each of us is teaching our kids yeah. how to treat one another. Um so in that moment when I'm gathering her and there was some 
really soul-crushing work done, you know, on the middle of this deserted road, I also understood that he could have killed her. He could have. And the, the parts that where we feel desperate and trapped and, you know, you're a rat in a corner, all of that downloaded so quickly for me, which to me, that was like, a that's a Holy Spirit moment, like that I could feel such gratitude. And I told you this the other day, I almost thanked him. Yeah. Now, that's, when I say that out loud, it sounds crazy. I, I don't think it does. Really? I just, I don't think it does. I just, the parts, all I kept thinking was desperation sometimes drives us into such a bad place that we never even mean to go yeah. to. And like that's both what of I those recognized. things can be true, right? Yes. Is that, that there's, there's obviously, you know, major, there's a lot of pain because of what happened, mm-hmm. but also there could be gratitude for what didn't. Correct. On both, you yes. know, in, in, yes. in the whole, in the, in the whole yes. kind of broader sense of it. Correct. Correct. Both and of those statements can be true. Both of those statements can be true. And I'm so grateful that in the moment I was able to recognize both of those things yeah. being true. Um, and that my priority could be her, her safety and her alone. It wasn't, my pride at having been lied to and like all of the things that came out later were so twisted. But because of all these other painful things and especially pain with, with one of our family members, yeah, I really was able to see this person as, man, somebody did some horrible things to you. Yeah. And then there'll be times where the anger would overtake and I would be pissed at what she, what we were all going through in the justice system. (laughs) That's not for the weak. Yeah. It is not for the weak. But also having had seen a part of that with our family member as well, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I understood the ins and outs of it a little bit more than I would have if I hadn't had, you know, a close connection to somebody who had spent time in it. Yeah. Um, so and give, I loved him. We all, we loved, all loved him. him. So that's the thing, right? You love this person. And I could, I would constantly remember that. Like I'd get mad or I'd see somebody in his family out and about. And my first thing was hurt, anger, you know, just rage. But then I would remember, but remember yeah. you loved your family member. Yeah. Somebody else feels those exact same ways about him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to give, you know, people a little bit of context, we, so one of our cousins, that's not obviously in my family, in my immediate system or yours, um, had a difficult life. Mm-hmm. Very. Very difficult. Very. And struggled with substance abuse mm-hmm. in and out of the prison system, you know, just trauma, a lot of trauma mm-hmm. and then abuse. Right, yeah. he received abuse and then mm-hmm. gave abuse. Right, yes. and so that's yeah. And and given all that information, and knowing this and knowing all those things that we that we still had, he still had a place in our heart. Right, yeah. that there was still love, and he still what had a, a place in our family. Mm-hmm. G- given all the context, is that you can all things can be true. Mm-hmm. You can disapprove of the way somebody makes their choices or decides or lives their life, but you can also love that person. Right. 
And it doesn't take away. All those things can be true. Right, right. And yeah. I didn't know, truly, I had no idea for a long time how to balance those things. Like yeah, it's I've difficult. I've tried yeah. to run from my feelings. I've really, I mean, you know, just try to, it wasn't safe for me to feel stuff when I was growing up. And um, I didn't, you know, we just like didn't complain, just. I mean, I ran my mouth a lot. I guess I should say that. I ran my mouth a lot. Um, but it was, it just wasn't, I really didn't know how to lean into the feelings. I didn't know how to be okay with the feelings. And our way, our big's way has always been, I'm going to find the absolute best yeah. out of whatever is happening here. And we are really, really good at that. And that's a gift and a burden. And a burden, yeah. 100%. So much. Because it's it doesn't right-size things, right? right? It's like, oh, how do I make this better? How do I make the... And that's what... Our family is a very funny family. Mm -hmm. And we've laughed through some of the most painful moments of our lives, right? Mm -hmm. There's been... And we've used this comedy thing as a crutch. Yes. And that's why we're all, you know, in some capacity, pretty funny people. Mm -hmm. We said some really funny things during people's final moments right it's <laughs> up to and including people's final moments and even people that were transitioning to the not here mm -hmm. are telling jokes as they're yes transitioning i mean yes. that's the reality right mm -hmm. i mean that has that has happened in our family and mm -hmm. we take we look at this uh, we've looked at these things from that perspective mm -hmm. and looking at the good thing and everything also creates a burden as well. Mm -hmm. It's the, just like, let me lessen this. However, however we can mm -hmm. so to not fully feel the pain of catastrophic loss that we felt mm -hmm. in our families. Right. Yeah. 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 We're a small family, a small family. Yeah. And we've had and small and like my husband has the best way to put it. <laughs> and he'd had to ask time off for yet another funeral <laughs> and my side of the family his boss had said to him like man what is with her side of the family and he said they are like the stars in the sky that burn the brightest yeah it was like i mean they're people you want to be around they just fade out like super quick <laughs> <laughs> And hopefully we're going to change that. <laughs> hopefully, yeah, we're working on changing that. Right. <laughs> okay, so talking about a little bit about working on changing these systems, how do you... So this is a podcast about family constellation therapy. Correct. That's what this is, yes. right? And since you've been introduced to this work, what have you done? What do you think... What has happened? What what changes? What systemic changes have you seen? What Like, what's been your... Beginning, middle, and where are you at right now with family constellation therapy? Um, when you guys first started talking about it, you, your mom, and your sister, I thought, well, the same thing you thought the first time around. I was like, mm, mm. not that the family's dead to us, but ooh, <laughs> ooh, I don't, yeah. I don't, do I want to go over there? No, I don't know. I didn't understand it, so yeah. my first reaction was fear. Because yep. that's where I go right to. Um, when I wanted to stop feeling the things that I felt that I thought might be a product of, you know, my growing up and my parents' dynamic and 
my dynamic with my parents and my siblings dynamics, I, when I started to really want to question it to be like, okay, could I feel better? Could I not feel like a failure? You know, like that's been my biggest thing my whole life that I'm a failure. I, you know, and my dad and I had a conversation like a year and a half ago and he said, I don't understand how you could feel like that. And I, it was so much to unpack and work through and I couldn't explain much of it um, because it felt deeply personal to me in a way that I just needed to keep for me. Um, but I wanted to let go of that feeling of the judging myself, feeling like I was failing. And I was watching, I think your transformations were a lot more visible for me to be able to see. And I think that's probably like on a, you know, kind of a peer level and, yeah. uh, you you and I've always been able to talk, yeah. talk really, really well. Um, your mom was somebody that I looked up to so much that I couldn't, I never saw myself being able to do something like Aunt Cindy does it, you know, like I can't be like Aunt Cindy, you know, <laughs> she's too cool for school. Like she, she was, she's always been like larger than life for me. So <clears throat> watching your transformations um, and Googs was always, you know, like your sister was always just like, hey, yeah, I'll try that. Sure. sure. Yeah. You know, so you lived life a little bit differently. You were, I don't know as cautious is the right word. I don't know what it was, but it, you were maybe more methodical. Yes. About the way Correct. that you yeah. would mm -hmm. approach and embrace things. Yeah. Um, so I like to be the middle of the herd. Okay. And like let, let the alligators eat the first couple ones. <laughs> and I don't like to be left behind. So like middle to middle front of the pack. <laughs> yeah. Let the crocodiles, right. you know, eat those zebras and then I'll be like with yeah. the rest of them and then keep going. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Um I was ready to finally be able to say, okay, I don't think I have a bunch of things figured out. Like, in my family, I was always the one that, Jamie, like, Jamie will get it. It's, it's fine. Like, yeah, hey, you'll take it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Not if it's physical strength, Billy. <laughs> in case you're listening, yes, I know. You and Lissy do all the, like, hard physical work. <laughs> heavy lifting. The heavy lifting. <laughs> <laughs> but what was the thing, like, was there, like, was it just context? Was it, do you think it was, like, things started changing in the family system and then you, those those changes started echoing or was it like I'm I've seen some examples of some changes. This might be interesting. Like what was. So it was because I was, I mean, you were drinking the Kool-Aid and I was kind of in shock about it, but I was also seeing things turn around for you. Yeah. And I like around the time I really started to listen was when you and Miranda were in Marshall and getting married and mm. um, you guys were doing that family, family constellation with Aunt Boo. Um, I tr So like that Thanksgiving when you guys were talking about things that were revealed in that, I was listening a little bit more, judging, judging a good bit, like what the heck. 
Um, These people are crazy. Right. It was, yeah. it was it's hard not to yeah, 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 feel yeah, yeah. that way. 100%. And then um, when Aunt Boo, like before Aunt Boo got sick, we started going to a different church. And that all just resonated a ton. Like there's something much bigger than me out here. And what do I want to lean into? And and so already starting to think outside of a box that I had been thinking in, um, ready to let go of the fear, the feeling of being a failure, a fraud, or anything like that. And then when Aunt Boo, the thing that I just, like, I couldn't get past the feeling of it didn't, like, she didn't have to be this sick. Yet I understand, like, you've got to look on your face, and I get it. But it was that whole, did it have to go this way? Yeah. You know? You're absolutely right. She was, like, top three of my favorite freaking people. And has been since I was a kid. Yeah. Like, just, I, you know, she's in my some of my earliest memories. And... They were always making me laugh, making me feel so adored and so loved. Because for you particularly, and do you mind if I talk a little bit about the the their system, like oh. grandparents? Yeah. So uh, I really like the the tr- track that you brought up about feeling like you were a failure and a fraud. Mm-hmm. And can I say something harsh? Yes. Hold on. Let me clench. So you were a failure and a fraud mm-hmm. because you were in a position that didn't correspond to you. Correct. You weren't the first grandchild. Right. You're the second. Correct. So you were fulfilling a position of the first grandchild and even saying, hey, I have to make up for two people. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the burden of the family was put on you. Yes. And you willingly, subconsciously took that on. I did. Big time. Right? I did. So it made me feel needed. If, exactly. It made me feel wanted. But out of loyalty and love, Correct. like out of loyalty to the family, you were like, hey, I'm yeah. here. Yeah. I just got here. Yeah. Right? Yep. I, I'll happily fill that role. Yeah. And so. I will try to be perfect. I'll try to be perfect. I will try to be super funny exactly. and entertaining and just like this thing that everybody can adore. And you don't know that. I oh, I know that I always felt that crushing weight of responsibility yeah. from the minute that I could, you know, recognize what that was. And also in a capacity, our parents mm-hmm. and our grandparents gladly gave you that responsibility as well. Yes. Right? So you were like, I'm willing to take it. And everybody's mm-hmm. like, finally, somebody that will take this shit. Yeah. Because the reality is that our aunt, Aunt Boo, the person that we're talking about, mm-hmm. had an abortion when she was very young. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was very taboo, mm-hmm. very painful for the family. An initial trauma that happened many years ago. This was in the 1970s. And that was a fundamental crack, a foundational crack that happened in our family. Yes. And from there, many things came about. Mm -hmm. 
that mm-hmm. is a, that have affected all of us. Yeah, and it's probably not the first time a traumatic event happened in that in our family system, right? This, right, because we know this is generational and right. unresolved trauma over d- many generations. That this isn't the first time. Yep, but this is ours, like to deal with. Yes, right. This is our our thing to deal with, mm-hmm. and it's run its course in mm-hmm. some capacity. The fact that you're realizing it, the fact that I'm realizing it, mm-hmm. my mom, your mom, Aunt Boo, mm-hmm. now realizes it, right? Carson as well. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, that's the beauty part of this is right. that there's, there is a reconciliation on the other side. Right. Right. <sighs> but yeah, I did feel that and didn't, I mean, I didn't know how to put it into words, but I felt responsible for everything. Yeah. Their people's joy, their happiness, and I was never going to be enough. No, it's impossible. Right. You're you. Correct. You're not. Correct. You weren't, you're not that baby. Mm-hmm. You're you. Yeah. And it's impossible for you yeah. to fill that role. Yeah. And last right? January, yes. Last January, Dad and I were having a, a really important conversation that we needed to have. And mm-hmm. I was able to thank him because I remember him... You know, like saying to my mom, listen, like she's not supposed to be responsible for all this. This is, you know, it's not like he was talking about like a lot of that, those deep nuances things, but I was taking care of everybody's kids. Yeah. Like bottom line. Yep. You just, oh, Jamie will take care of it. Yeah. Oh, Jamie will do that. Jamie will, you know. Yeah. Just giving up as a, like a yeah. servant to the family. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. hundred like, percent. 11 yeah. years old. And yep. I... All of them went, or they went to Shipshuana, and I was watching eight freaking kids, yeah. you know, at 11. There were no cell phones. <laughs> like, yeah, there were no cell phones, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but I did that always, and I was happy to do it. Or so I thought that you were supposed yeah. to sacrifice everything for your family. Well... There were people in our family that sacrificed everything for our family. Ooh, expand on that. Aunt Boo did. Hmm. My solar plexus is turning. (laughs) It is. That's always there's unwinding. Right. Yeah. That's because that's so hard that yeah. there's only one like this dynamic woman that we all adored so much and her three boys that we adore yeah. adore so much and one's left. Yeah. That's, you know, like she did sacrifice everything. She did. And I I still will marvel about the relationship she allowed herself to have with me. Yeah. You know, at 16, 17, whatever she was in this camp, my, I wasn't born that long after, after the abortion. And, but like, look at it from that perspective as well. You were filling a role for her yeah, as much as, 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 as she was allowing you to have that role as well. Yeah. Right. Because there is, these things don't necessarily come out of a, bad place to come out of a place of love and loyalty and belonging and filling the holes and the gaps in the family because the it's so fresh and so raw and mm-hmm. so difficult and like you want to cover that with something and people gladly take on these burdens for those yeah yeah in the family system and my my constellation had a ton 
to do with her, right? And then I, um, we end up, you know, essentially adopting um, her granddaughter. Her granddaughter. Yeah. And um, her first granddaughter. Her gra- first granddaughter. That was the firstborn after a miscarriage that was in the third trimester. Correct. Correct. Very similar circumstances yes. of her oldest. Correct. Yes. And we take her. She's been through so much. I can say that, obviously, loyalty had a huge part of that, right? Of course. Like, a huge part of that. And, you know, thank God it did. Yeah. Like, thank God it did. Because it worked out. Because it's almost like you catch it in flight and then work through the trauma until, until like, it lands. You know what I mean? That's a super good way to put it. Right? Because, truly... Now I'll look back and I'll think about what how traumatic that was for her because mm-hmm. she had to live a completely different kind of life. Yeah. And then traumatic for the other three girls. Absolutely. And um, I don't even make a U-turn. Like all the U-turns you guys do here, mm-hmm. like I keep thinking I'm going to get busted. I don't even make a U-turn. And here I'm taking a kid, Yeah. you know, from another state and at like a whole like – that was it. That was, yeah. Um, it's a big change. It was a huge change and something that you're doing and you, you catch your mid flight and then you've got to put all the legal pieces in place yeah. and you're doing yeah. that as his first cousins, Yeah, you know, like, Oh, I'm, I know I'm her dad's first cousin. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's logical. Yeah. You know? Um, but grandma looked at me and said, honey, this is the right thing. <laughs> Grandma was one of the most fear-based people I knew. Yeah. So I thought if she's saying it, then it, yeah. you know, take a breath, take a breath, and let's let's do this. But that constellation where we were there, we I I said I wanted to work on my heart, you know, because I've had this heart condition, and I really believe that the one is an electrical thing, and the other one is an arterial thing. And that has to do with unexpressed emotions. Yep. It has to do with some of those burdens laying in my body. 100%. And um, this was before all this stuff happened with the teacher. So um, I knew it wasn't, you know, I know it's not anything like that. But I started to really question, like, how do I heal internally from this? Because I want to live as long as I can, as healthy as I can. And what came up for my constellation was, I was like crawling through, I mean, should I talk about the specifics? Yeah, of, of course. I was crawling through. A, if you want to, yeah, only if you want like, to. I'm, I'm good, except for I just think it's going to sound weird. No, but. I mean, this is a podcast about <clears throat> constellations, so whoever's listening is probably a little weird. Yeah, oh, that's true. <laughs> um, so I like... Eric created this. It was kind of like a cemetery, right? Mm-hmm. And so he had members of our our family that's passed on either side. And um, we crawled up to God and asked for healing and, you know, permission for my ancestors to, to do things differently. And then he wanted me to have this visual representation and go around and say goodbye and at the time, he said to me, who was your hardest, which one did you have the hardest time with? And do you know who I said? Do you, do you know the story? 
So who do you no. think I would have said? Ampu. Okay, right? I said Carson. Really? And then your mom and my mom later were like, I couldn't believe you said Carson. And here's, I didn't understand at the time, and I understand now in a way, like, okay, Carson's damn near killed me. It because was, it was so senseless. It was yeah. brutal. And it was senseless. It yeah. was brutal. Like, you knew in some weird capacity that I knew this at my core, that Ampu wanted to go. Yes. The reality is that she said it to me to my face. Correct. I picked her up from the ground several times Correct. in that. And you knew that she was like, yes. I want to go. Correct. Right? And yes. Be if you hear this, my Gorm, my, my cousin, if you hear this, it's... The, the difficult part is that there was there was a there was a moment where Aunt Boo said to Uncle Gorham, to her husband, to her ex-husband, if I get cancer, will you come back? Mm-hmm. So there was a tr- yes. a train to she this. Correct. There was a thought yeah. thought, you know, there was a systemic thought to this. Yeah. Saying. I don't know if whatever that means. Yeah. But there was more sense to it. Yeah. If what if that means something. Yes. And from what you just said, like what what I just felt come up was I guess momentum. There was a momentum to it. Yeah. I couldn't accept that Ampu wanted to go. Even though I'd made those phone calls to our boys of yeah. guys, we're super worried. Yeah. We're super worried. We're doing everything we can, but you guys are gonna need to you know, my job was always to call cars because he, he could be a jerk, <laughs> and I could handle the the repartee. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew he just needed to blow steam, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. you know he, we were going to get to that soft center. But I had to like live with the steam first, and he was going to say whatever in the steam. Um, so I think with with hers, I really didn't want to accept that she didn't want to be here. I mean, there was one time I had to drive her to counseling. She wasn't safe to drive by herself. I had to go into our shared counselor and tell on her. Okay. Mm. Yep. If if looks could kill. Jeez. <laughs> so I, but I didn't really want to accept <laughs> yeah. that she, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, had that she didn't want to be. She here. didn't want to yeah. be here, and that's still like hard to say because she was filled with so much laughter, and when. Other people hear something like this, they'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But we knew. We knew. Yeah. We knew in there. Whereas. And and not like we knew, you know, no. like she directly said it. Yeah. In front of us. Absolutely. In she many. Did. She did. Many occasions. In many occasions. Yeah. In many occasions. Because also all of the above can be true. Yeah. You can be an incredible person and have these burdens. And you can love all of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think it was also working through that it takes two, Mm -hmm. right? And I was frustrated with her. I was so frustrated with her for refusing to let her husband go. Yeah. He wanted to be done. And guess what? That's okay. Yeah. There was life on the other side of that. And it was so hard that she didn't believe there was. 
Um, I think, you know, in that hurt, you can get caught up about who's to blame and who's, yeah. you know. Um, and I'm glad that I I didn't stay in any parts of those. But with her, I just, I could see the joy and the beauty in in the parts because of how she was so graceful to all of us and made all of us feel better about her going right. Like in the midst of it, she was damn funny. She was graceful. She was a pain in the ass. She was, she was all the things. Yeah. She was all the things. She was all the things. And, but she was older than me and there's order to that. Right. Yeah. Carson, who, because I took care of each one of you when you were little, um, you know, like if there was something rough to be said, Ampa would make me say it because <laughs> she was both terrified and enamored by him all at once. Yeah, yeah. So we had a good rapport, you know. He, but look at look at look at that absolution of responsibility in Ampa's yes. side. Like she God, gl- gladly was like, yes. "Hey, Jem, like." Yeah. You you have that hard conversation with Correct. Carson. Yes. Because I'm entangled with him. Yes. Right? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So enmeshed. Enmeshed. Exactly. Yeah. With him, like I remember just physically during it and after thinking, I can't do another one. I can't do this again. My God, I can't do this again. And so I kept thinking. Because that was my point of, I'm never doing this again. I thought it was the hardest one. But that's not what it was. Okay, so can I give a little bit of context on mm-hmm. the diseases, yep. right? Yep. So, Ampu was cancer, specifically, uh, Grondo, no. Grondo, no. That, um, oh my God, angi- angiosarcoma. Angiosarcoma, yes, exactly. So it's a blood Yes. Yeah, bl- blood cancer. Correct. None of us are but doctors. Or, yeah, Correct. but yes. So angiosarcoma. Yes. Extremely rare. Yes. That ma- um, that manifested itself in bone cancer. Mm-hmm. Head of the femur snaps off, mm-hmm. breaks her hip. Yeah. And then a massive tumor on her left leg mm-hmm. that eventually leads to her passing. Yes. Right. Yes. And then had it metastasized at that point in other parts of her body. Well, because it was blood, it like it was all over went the place. Through. Yeah. Yes. So so metastasized, very yeah. short lived disease. Yeah. Poor prognosis, and then she's she's gone relatively quickly. Yes. So her middle son, thirty one years old, he was a captain in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Athletic specimen, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> He would so love that you just used the word <laughs> specimen about him. <laughs> so very athletic, yeah. full of life, lived life to the fullest. Chondrosarcoma mm-hmm. develops chondrosarcoma. Left leg, they find a very similar deadening of his femoral mm-hmm. head, right? They yep. do a hip replacement. Tumor manifests the same thing in his leg. They amputate his leg. Yeah. Do a hypodectomy, right? They take... A heavy pelvectomy. Yeah. yeah. They take half, half of his, of his pelvis. hip, his pelvis. Yep. And then he metastasizes and he's dead within yeah. a very short period of time. Yeah. There's that, a, it had metastasized to his lungs when they found it. Yeah. Um, there was a book, there's a book called Even If It Cost Me My Life. 
Yeah. And truthfully, like the enmeshment, my enmeshment is deep, right? So we're all in, well, some of us are in Hilton Head for, and we're going to spread Aunt Boo's ashes because Mrs. Bossy Pants asked us to <laughs> um, spread them in uh, four or five different areas. And so we were all going to Hilton Head to do kind of the final one. Those of us that could go. And our grandmother said, you guys, I just can't do it. I'm not up for the trip. So, okay, great. Um, and lo and behold, she passes away on what would have been Aunt Boo's 57th birthday. Yep. And we, the rest of us that weren't there all come to Hilton Head. We do a funeral there. Um, double. Double. Yes. Yep. Two for a, one. Yes, exactly. A two for. Because we had. We, like, we had a, like a subway punch card. We did. It was <laughs> like we amazing. To the, Completely ten. frosty frog. <laughs> <laughs> you do 10 and the right. 11th on the house. Yes, exactly. Um, and Jeez. Carson said to me there, hey, Jamie, I got to have my hip replaced and I'm going to need some help. And I was like, is that you asking me to come to Colorado? And he was like. I'm telling you, I need some help. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, okay, yeah, it's me asking. Can you please come out? So I did. And, like, the timing of this stuff still blows me away, yeah. you know. Um, I had this weird experience with his roommate, with one of his roommates. He had this beautiful house in Colorado Springs. Um, coach for the Falcons. And he... I'm down there making breakfast for Carson and myself. It's the day of our grandmother's funeral in Marshall. So we were all at the Hilton Head one. And, and I was like, oh, I'm going to miss the the Marshall one because, you know, Carson needs help. And um, that's how meshed I am, right? Like, I've got four kids, a, a business, all this stuff going on. But, you know, he says, hey, I need something. I put it all down and I I go. Yeah. And um, my husband's a saint. Um <laughs> So I'm making breakfast. I'm just sitting there bawling, just crying the whole time I'm making breakfast. This kid might have been 22. And I said to him, don't worry, Austin. This isn't the only time you're going to be um, standing with a woman crying in the kitchen. Like, you're going to make your wife cry and stuff. Like, it, 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 this is, I'm just getting used to it. <laughs> Go upstairs and I say to Carson, do you want to watch grandma's funeral on the phone with me? And he goes, no. And I'm like, well. I'm laying in your bed with you, and we're watching it. Like, this is what we're doing. Um, and we're sitting there, and then he tells me, I just got a call from the surgeon. They're sending the, the uh, you know, the pathology out somewhere else. It's, it's not good. It's not good. And I'm like, okay, we're really watching Grandma's funeral. This, you know, this is what we're doing. And it was painful sitting there. And he said to me, what if I'm dying? I feel bad about this. He still laugh about it. It can be all the things, right? It can be all the things. It can be all the things. He said to me, what if I'm dying? And I said, well, you've really been missing your mama. And he looked over at me and his jaw was just dropped and he was like I'm going to tell the ants you said that <laughs> and I was like yeah why don't you call them right now they're in the middle of their mom's funeral that's, oh, that sounds like a great idea you know um, 
But the timing of that. I mean, truth or words couldn't have not been said, you know, know. in that moment and the comedy and the thing and the, you know, there's like profound truths that are, that are said in this thing. The shithead wrote it in his phone. So to tell on me later, that's what he said. (laughs) And then Brittany found it after he died. Are you serious? Yes. And then I was really horrified at myself. Like, Jamie, you're a jerk. Um, (laughs) But really, truly being out there and he got the call that it won good the day that I left. Yeah. The day that I left. I thought his death and because he was 31 and he held on in a different way. Right? Yeah. Like, he'd wake up and say, I don't want to leave you guys. I don't want to go. Yeah. And it, that was heart-wrenching. Absolutely yeah. heart-wrenching. And it was out of order. And he was younger than me. And that wasn't fair. And, you know, how was this elite athlete, you know, who used to ask me on a regular basis, like, did I get all of your athleticism? Like, <laughs> yeah, I saw you yeah. walk across the room and yeah. you, like, tripped twice. <laughs> um, how how does he have this and I'm okay? You know? Yeah. Like, I should take that additional burden. Holy shit, I'm not even... I'm just realizing that right yeah. now. I felt guilty. Yeah. I don't treat my body anywhere near what he did. Yeah. He once told me that Subway... Was cheating. <laughs> like, oh my God, please. Um, but with Aunt Boo, that really was the one that it did devastate me. It did. And I thought I'd laid, I thought I'd processed it and laid it to rest in that constellation when I'm going through and I said goodbye to Tay. And Tay's, I really did process. You know, I, I was farther along in that journey and figuring things out and um, cars. I, you know, each of them I was able to thank and tell them I missed them and um, that I was grateful for, you know, getting to have them both as cousins. And grandma and grandpa, I said, like I gave them this huge hug and said to both of them, my God, I miss you guys so much. A ton of what I miss is shocking them. Because yeah, I lived yeah, yeah. to shock yeah. them. Um, and I also lived to help them. I yeah. loved being adored by them. I loved the challenges of their personalities because they both did have a lot of challenging things. Um, but then I got to Aunt Boo. And it was this woman that I'd been in the constellations with, you know, the whole day. And at one point I was a pivotal person in her story. And... um I can attest that she did not smell like Aunt Boo the whole rest of the day. But when I when I hugged her, that woman would not let me go. Yeah. Would not let me go. And she smelled like Aunt Boo. And I said to her, oh my God, you smell like her. And she grabbed a hold of me and would not let me go. And I finally said, oh my God. Like... I have to go. Yeah. I am living. I, I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. And throughout all of my heart stuff, I'd been preparing myself to go. Yeah. I didn't know which way it was going to go. Yeah. I did everything I could to stay except for really embrace me. 
And then out of loyalty, you were following them. Absolutely, I was. I absolutely was. When my children asked, are you going to die from this? I didn't want to lie to them, and I really didn't have the answer. And I just was like, you know, I'm doing everything I can. But I was doing everything I could with my mouth, with my head. I wasn't with my whole soul. In the believing, I you are here for a purpose, Jamie, and it is yeah. not the time for you to go. Yeah. And in that moment, I when she was holding on to me so tight, I took some kind of power back. I, did, I took something back. And, and said to her, I have to go. It's not time. I have to go. And I, like, changed something. I moved something that needed to be changed. And I went towards life. And that took a long time to download. Like, even as we're discussing it now, yeah. there's additional downloading that just happened as as we were talking through that stuff. I, the, when you and I were talking today and you said about the whole one foot in, one foot out, that's how I've lived so many things. My, so many things, my business, like, well, always got to have an exit strategy or yeah. like, what's my plan going to be when this doesn't go, yeah. doesn't go when well. When shit hits the fan. Yeah. yeah. My marriage. Yeah. And my husband deserved none of that had never earned any of my doubt or discredit. He's done nothing but <laughs> do the opposite and pour into this bucket. And I just was, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can fully trust you. And one day I might have to do this on my own. So I'm going to keep a foot safe over here. Yeah. And it wasn't until, I don't know, these last... However many years, I know it's been maybe eight years that I was able to say to him, I am in this for the long haul yeah. and I trust you are too. And that sounds like a really simple statement, but it wasn't for me. Yeah. It wasn't for me. I knew I could rely on myself. And while he's always shown me I could rely on him, I would go through waves, you know, and, and looking for where's the part where you're going to disappoint. And yeah, because if not, it makes yeah. it, it almost makes you crazy. Would confirm. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, it, it's always like, Hey, I have this. And then you, there's, there's almost this like, see, I was right to have a foot out. Exactly. That's, that's the part, like, that's the, um, I, I don't want to say like malicious because it's not malicious. It's like, that's the mischievous part about it. Yeah. There's a mischievousness in this, in these systems. That's like, Oh, I have one foot out and one foot in because if just in case, and when the just in case happens, because you have one foot out and one foot in, you're like, see, I was right. I was right this whole time. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, and it, and it, and emboldens you to be loyal to the system, like incorrectly rather than saying, I take all the good, leave the leave the what doesn't serve me mm-hmm. with you, and in your honor, please bless me if I choose to do it differently. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, that's that's a huge statement, and I still have to remind myself <sighs> of that. I I do it all the time. I'll think about my parents, or you know, a dynamic or an exchange that I'm having with one of my parents, and that. Um, Part of, please bless me, 
thank you. Thank you. Like all thank the you. respect yeah. for, for what you have given me, both good and bad, because yep. Yep, yep, yep. I've gotten yeah. things from each of it or from each of those things. Um, but I, I ask for the permission to do it differently. Yeah. And to know that it's okay and to yep. not have guilt about choosing to do it differently of what works best for yeah. us. And I and now as my children are in this adultish phase giving them that same responsibility. And yeah. I'll struggle with that. You know, yeah. like my kids don't help their grandparents as much as they should and don't like we served all the time and my kids don't do that yeah and i'll feel that expectation whether that expectation is real or not real i feel the burden of it and i have to constantly remind myself jamie you didn't those kids aren't here to serve you serve your parents serve you know like they're not accessories they're not accessories ew yeah like your husband's not an accessory. Correct. Correct. Like none of us were accessories. Were we? Yeah. Yeah. It's big. Yeah, how come you feel okay saying that? (laughs) (sighs) Because all of it can be true. Okay, so that is something I really have to work on, the the loyalty of the... Because I kind of see things like Mom, Aunt Sin, and Aunt Boo, right? Like, I like Pollyanna it up. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And I, I've always had that weird position of, am I, uh, at which level am I, am I, am yep. I a cousin? Am I, uh, you know, yeah. am I a sister? I'm no, I'm not a sister, but, but this responsibility yeah, that, that's like in there. So it, that's what entanglement is at the end of the day, is being in a position that doesn't belong to you, right? And you do it out of love. It's not coming from a place of like... You know, ego or what? Well, it kind of is ego because you're like, yeah. oh, I'm this. I'm going to take this burden on for the family, and it's it's very self serving in some capacity. Correct. You know? Yes. Like I'm going to take this on for the family, but it's and it's not until you go into your position that that corresponds to you that the conflict or anything or any all the system relaxes. It's mm-hmm. not like the the system like suddenly, you know, everything's happy and everybody's super successful and it's like the system relaxes the t- the tension goes away in some capacity mm-hmm. where do you think we are in that part of the journey i think we're over the hump whatever that proverbial hump is i think we're over it yeah i mean we're we're, we're well down into i think we're 75 percent there like, you know, it's, we're doing work We're we're, we've acknowledged some of the really icky stuff, right? The, mm-hmm. the dark secrets and we all talk about it rel- relatively open and, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully for the next generations when your kids have kids and my kids have kids and, 
you know, my kids dealing with the stuff and, you know, Beebs' kids and Googs, you know, my sister's kids, like, we're all working on this shit so they don't have to, right? Mm -hmm. And give them um, an ebb and flow that's not as, you know, extreme, I guess, you know? And because uh, all of our families, yeah, the things were extreme, extreme, yeah, extreme yes, on both sides, extremes on both sides. Everything was an extreme. Mm-hmm. Things were extreme. Everything was way too big, way too mm-hmm. like everything. Like the the hurt was super hurt. The joys was super joys. Let's and the idea is to not make those swings as extreme. If we're living in. You know, and we can, and, and you know, the, there's there's peace and harmony with that because you can really step into your power and you can do other shit that's really important. Instead of just managing your chaos. Your bullshit, you know, you, uh, managing your stuff is that, you know, it's, 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 you can do stuff that's important, that's, they're affecting people's lives. Yeah. It's, you can put your oxygen mask on before you put it on the other person. You because you you have your you know like the the in-flight emergencies you know when they're like Mm -hmm. put your mask on so you can put it on somebody else we've got we've had this family that's put masks on everybody else except for our own yeah you know I can remember walking around and when you know my heart stuff was pretty public because again (laughs) small town yeah you guys are like the Kennedys and people crying when they saw me and I'd be making them feel better yeah exactly exactly it's all right. You know, exactly. but no, but you guys have just had your share of heartache. We really have. Yeah. But you know what? We're super grateful. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And we are because we can be all the things. Because yeah. But all now the above can be I true. can say that damn that really hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn, she was one yeah. of my favorite people. Yeah. Damn. But I also miss her voice. Consenting to her destiny. Yes, and not fighting it, and not fighting it, not That's, fighting it. I mean, th- there has to, there is a, a part of respect, and like I consent to your destiny. It's like, you know, in some capacity, is like I consent to what happened as it was, and just take it as all the time that we spent with her as a gift. Yeah, and the time that we spent with all of them as a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yep, and knowing them well enough, there is a gift in that, right? Like, yeah. how many cousins can say? Well, you were raised, you guys were raised in a yeah. country. Yeah. Goodness sakes. And then Aunt Boo, they moved a ton, but we all had this connection because yeah. of our mothers. Because our mothers were three parts of one person. Mm-hmm. Three equal parts of one person. Yeah. And that's part of the trauma too, right? Yeah. It's like I didn't have one mom, I had three moms. Yes. And I had, like, different versions of the mom, you know? Mm-hmm. And depending on whether it was a very artistic one, there was a very funny one, there mm-hmm. was a very driven one. And everybody got, you know, yeah, the what version of that it was, right? Right. right. But also, there's a trauma there that, that you know that you have to take on burdens because the parent's not strong enough to mm-hmm. without the other pieces. Mm-hmm. And that's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. And it did, it created, I don't know, are the eight of, were the eight of us enmeshed? Like if our moms were enmeshed, I know each of our sibling groups. Yeah, we were enmeshed with our siblings 100%. Yes. I mean, I can't speak for you guys, but me and my sister, oh we, my were, God, we were. Oh we were. Like, like mom, so this is the thing. They formed a triangle. This, this is really crazy. 
like they formed a like they formed three legs on a stool or almost even four, right? They the stool sh- structure. Mom, my sister, and I did mm-hmm. right. It was a three thing stool. You guys probably did when you were all together. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but like there wasn't space for my wife in that dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I had to physic like I had to separate. My constellation was separating myself and honoring my father in that dynamic to be able to be in a place where I could have a spouse mm-hmm. because, and the conflict between us diminished greatly after separating a little bit. Yeah. Because I, I couldn't be my own person. That's, that's the part of it. Mm-hmm. And so that like, this, this sounds terrible. This on what I'm about to say, this sounds really, really, really bad. Bring it. But I'm going to be very. Oh shit. Is this about me? No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, bring the harsh, bring the harsh. Unless it's about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. So, so mom, this was really difficult for me and a difficult conversation I had that I had with mom. And, and it's mainly about me mm-hmm. when Aunt Boo was dying. Right. So how difficult it was for mom mm-hmm. when she was dying. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, this isn't right-sized. It's like you're dying. And so I'm like, hey, what about me, man? I still need my mom. You're still here. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, I get it. I'm here. She's my aunt, and, I, and I, 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 I'm, I'm profoundly hurting about this. But I'm still fucking here, and I still have my mom. Like, don't fucking go. Are you crazy? I still fucking need you. Right. You know, and not to say how unfair that is to be and how unfair that is to you guys, like to like how, uh, but like in a selfish place that I can say that I'm strong enough to say, this is way too close to my dynamic, right? To losing my mom. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That it's like this not right size thing. Yeah. Because it, it, it was like that. Yeah, it was. It like was that. like, it was like that. that. It was like I was losing. Yeah. one of my moms. Correct. You know, like in whatever, yes. like kind of weird way or yes. how, whatever. Yeah, I think people distorted don't version of that. Exactly. Yeah, distorted version of that is us eight cousins are like siblings. Yeah, and always mm-hmm. have been. Yeah. So that same thing with our moms, like you said, having a collective mother, a collective mother, yeah, losing a piece of that. Yeah, and then each of our respective mothers were. Going, we're going at yeah. the same time. We're going at the same time. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That was like. There were parts that I wondered: Would I ever see my mom again? Yeah. That's really tough. And joyfully, she's been doing the work. Yeah. But that first time, like it was, the time after was really terrible. And like we always joke now about, we had to have an intervention with her about her wardrobe. With because her mom? yes, she only wore black and white, and like she's her mother? always <laughs> yes. So yes, but she's always been a really colorful person. Yes, and so this goes back to what you were saying about how you re- how we present ourselves to the world. It was morning. Yeah, it was a morning, 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 and not that I didn't want to honor that, but I still wanted to see her, and not just the grief. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, 
that part's that part that's that that part is where and I can say this now that's resentful that I have resentment that they were because, because they were unmeshed I continually got abandoned and then you're going to fucking abandon me again yeah like fuck are you fucking serious you know, like you know what I mean. Yeah. Like at every drop, when going gets tough, you fucking abandon. Like that's really that that like really pisses me off. Pissed me off. Mm-hmm. That's I think where resentment comes from. Yeah. And in, in my book, it's like I'm still fucking here. I know I didn't know I didn't need a lot, but I'm like I'm I'm still here. Yeah. That portion. And I think probably. The rest of the seven of you, like, abandonment was something I never felt. But I Mm. think because of that weird-ass position that I was in. Like, I know that sounds so bizarre, but I always thought I was taking care of mom. But that's parentification. Correct. Yeah. So, abandonment wasn't really, hasn't been part of my... Thing, even though I know you would think that it would be. Um, but in some ways, a lot of, I just didn't felt like, feel like I fit. Like, so with my, when I moved out and went to college, my brother and yeah. sister and my mom, they were like a team. But always, because my sister and brother did the same sport and they did all of these things, I really felt like I didn't fit. I fit more than my dad did, but I didn't really feel like I fit. In some weird respect or another. So like not seeing mom and only being able to see mom in the grief. I was pissed that you're going to leave me here to do all of it. Ooh. That was your resentment. That was my resentment. Shit. I didn't know that until just now. But I, like, I didn't feel... You know what's interesting? Hmm. I don't want to interrupt you, but I have to say this. Is mom, mom, I know my mom, at least, was super pissed off with Aunt Boo about, you fucking leave me with this fucking heap of dumpster fire? Are you fucking serious? Yeah. Like, there was that. Anger. Which I think so, all of us could identify with, right? Yeah. Like, because it was, she didn't want to be here. And it was a fucking mess. Yeah. Tay was a mess. Yeah. That I think all of us felt a collective responsibility yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. And his child and all of the rest of us. Like, yeah. we're already hurting that you're going to be gone. And then you two are going to be gone. Grandma, you know, like yeah. watching grandma say goodbye to her child. Like, oh, it was one of the most beautiful and soul crushing moments of my life. Oh, I would imagine. Just, you know, she just kept uh. saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Like that's brutal. Yeah. And grandma didn't want to be here before. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. 
Yeah. So it's, she certainly didn't want to stay. Yeah. She certainly certainly didn't want to stay. And and that's my problem with abandonment. It's like everybody fucking bounces, man. And then you have to have this inflated, overinflated sense of responsibility to pick up the fucking pieces. And you know what? For the longest time, I assigned that to all of our dads. What, the abandonment part or picking up the pieces? The abandonment part. And the picking up the pieces. Well, yeah, they made every all of them right. <sighs> yeah. Fuck, right? I mean, right. all of them ended up being right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it was so much to clean up. Yeah. Like, your mom's stuff, you guys, were, that was happening in a whole other thing. But I was, like, point B with Aunt Boo's. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was mom, and then I would be in there, like, with helping with the kids and all the things and going and checking on her and making sure she was okay. And it was like that all the way up until she got sick. Yeah. I think now I can say I was mad at her. I bet. And that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I was like, a, hey, <laughs> hey, wench, this is the time where you're going to be helping me. <laughs> <laughs> and she always did help me. But I was definitely in an inappropriate I was trying to fill a role I could never fill. Exactly. And you, you, you were destined to fail. And maybe my failure stuff is a lot, like that might be an absolutely huge part of where that came from, that I wasn't ready last year, two years ago, to address. And the failure part that I was thinking of was, you know, hearing a lot of crap as a kid. Yeah. Um, Because that's a that's a huge thing, right? Like, I was never ever going to be able to. And it was when I had that important conversation with my dad. It was really, you know, to be able to thank him for hey, you tried. Yeah, like, you tried. You weren't going to get anywhere, but with you tried. Those women, but you tried. Yeah, to save me. And then him saying, "Well, you know, I watched him try and do the same thing to your sister." And hell, she was her own person. There was no <laughs> way. There was no way they were. Yeah, get anywhere with that. Um, I, you know, he, I remember battles over and over again. And I think at that point when I was able to thank him and I realized I felt seen by him, Mm. like he saw me and he didn't want me to have all of that responsibility. And that was because he loved and he cared for me. And I'd have to kind of like mine for gold to find those pieces, yeah. right? Because he's, that's not how he rolls. He doesn't, um, that's just not how, he's not, he doesn't do a lot of emotions. So I think that I could see from the outside, okay, I'm not just this pain in the ass. He, I mean, I am, but <laughs> he loves me and he always loved me, and he wanted what was best for me. But, like, imagine seeing your child as a peer. Expand. So, like, imagine seeing your child as, like, at your level. Mm-hmm. Because the child has assumed a responsibility that's not theirs. Yeah. So it creates conflict. 
right? That's where the conflict comes from. It's like, you're no, no longer, I'm the father, you're the child. You're like, at this level, because you've assumed all this responsibility and the family and the system filled it. So the conflict is like, you're not in the position that you're supposed to be in kid. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that that was your dynamic, but in a family dynamic, it's like when a child takes a position of, Mm -hmm. of a parent, right. There's parentification of a parent, even a parentification. Like if a parent goes down to the level of a child, like there's that entanglement creates conflict. And he would totally, when it benefited him, he'd absolutely like, hey, Jane, need you to go in there and, <laughs> and handle that business. You know, like, uh, not to I'm say not that, coming home this weekend. Yeah, so I'm going to need you to go yeah. home from college and hang out with your mom and, you know, like that kind of shit. It, it, he, not to say that that, that dynamic can be leveraged exploit. towards somebody's initial, <laughs> exactly. you know, yes. benefit. Yeah. Not to say, but but you, you under but you see it can be how all the things it can be all the things exactly. Mm-hmm. It can be all the things. Everybody and and everybody has a responsibility, and I don't mean responsibility like fault. Right. I mean responsibility as the ability to respond. Yeah. In this dynamic. And that system wants to stay yes. as the system yeah. is, And, and right? that's the, 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 the thing that, that brings, you know, most confusion to, to family constellation systems is, like, the system has a staying power, and it wants to stay the way that it is. Mm-hmm. And so people play their part not to uncover right. the dynamic, right? They, like, cover it back up or double down or whatever that mm-hmm. looks like to... Because out of loyalty to say, I want to belong to this thing and I don't want to uncover what is out of loyalty, they, you know, uncovering that stuff creates a lot of pain and a lot of... It's hard. You know, it's hard. It's and, so and, hard. And healing's on the other side of trauma, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you go through that trauma, go through all that hard shit, right? And there's like healing and completeness and resonance and people stepping into their power after that. Yeah. And I think I thought once you did that work, mm-hmm. then you're just over it. And like, oh, yeah. okay, keep, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. <laughs> and it's not been like that at all. Yeah. Like there are times yeah, yeah, yeah. where I'm swept back and yeah. um, that there are waves, but the waves aren't anywhere near as big. Yeah. And I can see where the waves and the crashing and the, boiling me over and you know all of the things have produced where i'm at today yeah which is mm-hmm. the most joyful yeah the i can feel the most i can talk about my soul and it's not like discussing cellulite that's yeah, incredible that's i use incredible. the word soul at work all the time i can say that to my girls i can look at the system i raised them in now in the parts where that system needs to change Mm -hmm. and I'm making active changes towards those things. I'm okay. I'll tell you this. I'm so impressed by you of how you taking these tools and like, you're so far evolved into this world, which is really impressive. Thank you. I I, like, I want to tell you that and I want that to be on record because I remember having a conversation with you, and you were like, Meh. <laughs> Was that You're when like, you said Meh. expectations? What? Oh, um, oh resentment. That's from your mom. Under construction. Yeah, okay. that's from your mom. Well, not you from me. said it. 
to me one time. Yeah. At a Christmas. Yeah. I wanted to box your face. <laughs> and now I say it to people all the time. Really? <laughs> Expectations are uh, resentment, resentment under, under construction. construction. Which I'm sure is Al Anon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right? an Al Anon thing. 100%. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Your mom's the one that. It's either your mom. Like, the, it's. Difficult to understand, to remember who's who. Yeah. But all three of them. It comes yeah. from all three of them. Okay. You know, it's yeah. like re- expectations or resentment under construction. I, I'm pretty sure it was your mom. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. 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 And I do remember looking at you like you had two heads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And from there to where you're at today and all the, it's not like you suddenly have superpowers and you can fly and you can bend, you know, bars of steel with your hands. But watch things, what I'm going to do to the sawning. <laughs> <laughs> but think you're in, you're in like you have so much more grip. I don't know how else to put it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Grip on like you have like sanity. Like actually, you have control now. Not this. Oh. Like you have actual control, not the sense of control. Huh, that's big. Right? What do I have control over? You. You finally have control over you. My solar plexus is spinning again. Oh, wow. Oh, look, there's, there's real unwinding happening. Really? Good. Take a deep breath. Yeah. Is that how you feel? Yeah. That you finally have control over you. Mm-hmm. Not total, but close. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I finally can be like, I can make sense of things and I can make sense of myself. And I'm, in, I'm like, okay, why am I doing this? I'm, I'm repeating a pattern. I might like, I kind of have this now, con- and I can, like, I've got tools and tools that I've developed myself and like the meditations that I do. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm finally in a place where I'm like, okay, like, I'm, I finally have a, con- I have a grasp of who I am. Yeah. And, I don't have to deal with other people's bullshit. Like, my responsibility is to me mm-hmm. and those two kids that are in there. Not even to Miranda, not to my wife. Like, I have my responsibility to, you know, be my equal part in this di- this partnership that we we choose to every day to participate in. Mm-hmm. Like, to be the best version of me. But that's it. Like, I can deal with me and my stuff as much as possible. And that's it. And be the best dad for those kids until they're emancipated. What does that mean for you, emancipated? When When they're on their own. When they're paying for their stuff. When they're out of the house. Yeah. You know know when they're emancipated, right? I mean, technically I have three that are. Yeah. Well, like when you can't tell them what to do. You know what I mean? With yeah. all, you can give them a recommendation. Have you watched me try and boss Fauncher on this week? <laughs> <laughs> but like when they don't depend on you for, you know, when they're like on their own. Yeah. That's when they're emancipated, right? Mm. But you can still do a consolation for them if if you ask, if they give you permission as their mother. 
Mm. You know? But you have to get permission, not coerced permission, like actual permission. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's some stuff that can happen there. And three of my four kids have done a constellation. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's been, what would you say have you seen pre-post on their work that they've done? Um, One of my girls admitted that she didn't go in super deep. um, Okay. And... She just wasn't ready, which I thought was a huge sign of maturity to be able yeah. to say, hey, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't ready to lean all the way in. Um, she said, I wasn't ready to trust the whole thing. She admitted, I saw some really cool things and I could certainly see the benefits for it like the other people. But for myself, I'm not ready to dig into. And that's um, the one that's been through a lot of shit um, and is still dealing with yeah, parts of that. Of so stuff, I think yeah. she's not, you know, she's yeah. she's not in that place. And there's. A time for everything, like you said. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, our adopted one. That that was so powerful to watch. It was incredible to watch. Mm. My sister's was incredible to watch. Um, my brother's will be one day when he <laughs> participates. Um, and man, I want to be there to see it. Um, my sister's was really incredible. Uh, she did the whole thing where um, I'll like go and participate with you guys, but I don't need that. <laughs> so I would just be going to be supportive. And of course she went first, cried hardest. And yeah, like it, it had was the biggest moment. You know, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, That's really beautiful. But man. I watching, um, watching Kai's was like her, like the whole thing of fear and why am I so fearful of the future? And Eric saying to her, you know, you're, you're 19. Like, what do you have to be scared of? And my, at my core, I'm like everything, (laughs) everything, (laughs) which sucks, right? That sucks to feel like that. Um, but she was like, I'm, I'm scared about, you know, whatever. I don't remember, but it was a whole because you're just looking at death and not at life. That whole like one foot in, one foot out. One foot in, yeah. And that point, by that point, her dad had passed away, and um, they didn't get to have a great ending. She didn't get what she needed at the end, and um, still working through stuff with her mom and you know, pieces and parts of that, but watching her choose life and in the midst of it, like, I know I'm an integral part of her story, but she's also like, was in the teenager point of, you know, you, yeah, you know, I'm also the one giving her boundaries and structure and making her do, you know, all the crap and, um, making her talk about stuff she didn't want to talk about and, you know, making her do counseling and the different things. And she, Eric kept saying, there's somebody in here that goes with this child. There's someone else in here that goes with this child. And if I'm honest, I can say that I was hurt that she didn't pick me to represent anything in her constellation. I've never even admitted that to myself until just now. Um, Because I want to know that I matter to her. And then Eric kept saying, there's someone else in here that goes with this child. Who is it? Who is it? And I thought, well, but does he mean me? Like, do I say anything? Am I 
just putting my ego out there and I'm just, my ego needs this, you know? So I finally said, well, she's been living with my husband and kids and I for the last six years. And he said, I, of course, it is you come over here. And we did the whole thank you for, you know, like you thinking her thanking me. Um, and then asking for permission to do it differently, Mm. to do life differently. Okay, so he didn't ever put, like, you thanking Nikki and Tay? Um, I don't think that he had to because I said, I love both of your parents. Yeah. And we tell her that all the time. I love both your mom and your dad. Um, and loving you is a huge part of making sure you love them, too. They yeah. came. You yeah. came from them. Um. You wouldn't be here without either one of them. Yeah. And I always want to honor and respect that. Um, But she, her parents, your mom was um, representing her mom, was was representing Nick, Nicole. And um, if somebody else was Tay, and it was fascinating to see their dynamic. Their dynamic, and that. Neither of them followed Kai towards life. Like Eric had said, life is over that way. And that way is death. And she was drawn towards life. And my body stayed right at life. Mm. And I felt no, like I knew I needed to stay over there. And I was one of the pieces you know drawing her and caroline was as well like he put caroline like there was was there something here you know and and so caroline and i were on that part of it and when we came out later i was finally bold enough to say to her like i you know she said something and i was like kiddo i I get that I can tell you I love you just like I love the kids that I've given birth to. And if you don't feel it inside about yourself, I can't change that. I finally understand that. But I do love you in that manner. And like it or not, I am a mama to you. Have been for a long time and always will be. And that's not me trying to, you know, feel egocentric or arrogant or that's like I do hold a position of a mom to you. And she said, I assumed when I moved out that I wasn't going to feel like this bag of garbage anymore. Hmm. That could just be taken to different places. And it didn't go away when I moved out. Today, when I look at her, she is walking in a peacefulness that mm. I couldn't have dreamed and prayed for. Like I did yeah. dream and pray for, but wasn't sure I'd see it at 20. <sighs> that girl has been through so much. And people always like, oh, you guys are so amazing to take her in. And all like, and you know what? She's taught me. Like that's huge. Yeah. Resiliency. And she's, she's incredible. All Four of my girls are incredible. Yeah. They're, you know, 
they are a living, breathing piece of this system that we're all working towards to be healthier and happier and, you know, letting go of the things that doesn't serve us. And I think all of our kids show that. Yeah. Right? And they finally have the tools to... Yeah. And and I think a lot of it has come through the work that we've done ourselves. Yes. I see my sister and brother doing those work. Yeah. Your sister's doing that work. Beebs, it's, I mean, yeah. Beebs was born as, Yeah. what did you say the other day? <laughs> I don't know, but it was like, you know, I did you call it a science experiment? <laughs> what, what did I say? A science experiment, like... Let's let's give this <laughs> this amazing. No, is the Biebs in our family says so. We have a our, the youngest of all of us mm-hmm. is a, a wonderful human being. Yeah, I don't really like even know how to describe him. He's, he's just, a wonderful human being. Yes, and what I said was maybe he's an experience an experiment from an alien race <laughs> that he's actually an alien, and they erase his memory. To experience the human, you know, to go through the human experience to see what would happen. He was really, he's like the best. I mean, and we've all known that his yeah. whole life. Like, it, people say that we're beep and you just, oh. Like, yeah. I mean, all yeah. of us yeah. melt. Yeah. He is. Yeah. He's he a is wonderful just, human being. Yes, he's amazing. <laughs> he's amazing. But, and each of us is doing the work like and our our moms like the way they've embraced telling the truth i like us so much better yes when we talk yeah when we talk about the shit yes you know and And then like in the beginning when all of their lives were you know they were all going through some really painful stuff yeah and not even sharing that with each other yeah as enmeshed as they were yeah and i think you know i think sometimes it's a little too close but the you know, the real conversations that I can have with my mom now. And I can say this shit. You know, I can say this stuff and I can have real conversations is really strong and really powerful. Mm-hmm. Because I can work through a lot of the stuff. Because I have such a, you know, not everybody has that, right? No. Nobody, not everybody has no. these parents that are like working on their shit and, you know, through right. either through Al-Anon or through Constellations or right. through reading books or through spirituality or, mm-hmm. you know, because grandma at the end of the day was a seeker. She yes, Like I saw her sure. book, for Carl, I have her book from Carl, Carl Jung that's highlighted mm. with, you know, these these thoughts of collective consciousness and mm-hmm. trauma and shadow work and stuff. She was a seeker at yeah. the end of the day. And we can, you know, I'm, I'm always very grateful to her for, for that aspect of me because I think a lot of my aspect of that seeking comes from her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, and then just finding that Carl Jung book, you know, it's just, it's difficult to me to talk about it without getting emotional. But, you know, it's, it's to see that that was like, hey, you're on the right track, kid. You know, it's like, yeah. she wouldn't have never said that, but she would have said, you're on the right right track, baby angel. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, hey, you're, you're, you're finding something. You're, you're, you know, just almost like a, like a clue or a, a word of encouragement, you know? Yeah. That's, 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 we have a lot to be grateful about, you know, in spite of all the pain, you know? So much. Yeah. Which is. So much. Which is powerful, you know? Because they really, the dynamics. Yeah. And you know. I mean, even in Aunt Boo's and, and Carson's, you know, illness, there were so many gifts in that, oh you know, like I, I just, I learned what the strength of loyalty really means. And that's like when, when, 
you know, when, when he, you know, when he, when he got really sick, I was like, that was like, that, that book is, even if it cost me my life, is that, that loyalty is that strong. If that's, if that's what, how strong it is, I can diminish a 31 year old, you know, young man to Mm -hmm. where he was is anything's possible. Genocide you know, atrocities at mass scale. It just put everything into perspective for me. Did you feel like that then? Like as it was happening? Yeah. Could you process it that way? Mm-hmm. I talked to Billy and Nicole about it. Oh, I bet that freaked them out. It did. I bet Billy didn't even know what to do with that. But I had to consent to, you know, Carson doing what he had to do. Were you angry with him? No. I was angry. I was angry that it didn't have to be that way. Not at him. More like that. Oh, and I was I was pissed off that he was a, not a dick at the end. <laughs> You know, like that. I was like, dude, we couldn't, you know, like I that missed that whole scenario, you know? Like I was kind of angry about that because we were close when we were kids. Very. You know? Very. Yeah. But I think in a lot of ways, you know, he had to do that elite, that was his coping, that elite yeah. athlete stuff. Yeah. And <clears throat> being larger than life, mm-hmm. he had to do that. And, us, remember, I mean, my God, part of why he hated being around us is because we take your butt to task. Yeah, yeah. And our job was to not humiliate you, <laughs> but to remind you. That you're mortal. You're, I'm your mortal. You're mortal yeah. and you're just like the rest of us. Yeah. This is where you come from. <laughs> <laughs> We're amazing. But, but, but yeah. he didn't see that until... The, until his mom was going. Yeah. And then, you know, he really did allow himself to get very, very deep in that time frame. And then... He evolved as a human being yes, he to, did. you know, incredible heights. Yeah. Like, that was... Yeah. And he had so much to process yeah. all at once. Mm-hmm. The death of the person he was most loyal to. Yeah. And all the stuff with his brother... Yeah. Stuff with his dad, you know, and then all of a sudden being sick and being real sick and then identifying as something completely different than what he had always identified as. Yeah. And the thing he cherished the most, right, his body. Was betraying him. Yeah, that's, that's a heck of a way to say it, but that really is what it was like and yeah. yet i mean two nights before he passed he reminded me it took three of us to hold him you know in the transition there's a lot of confusion sometimes and you have to use like a certain medicine to out of the terrible awful you know remember mm-hmm. the, the terrible awful the terrible, terrible um, awful box yes um but it took three of us to hold him down. And yeah. as soon as he like resurfaced and wasn't confused anymore, he looked at me and said, 
I just about kicked all your asses. <laughs> I was like, yes, you did. Even that close to the end, he yeah. was so strong. Yeah. And he was more there than here, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It, it, that, like, I think that this really kicked off with Grandpa when he, when he passed. Like, that he was like, oh, there's Grandpa, right? So our grandfather was in hospice after a long battle with Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. And he was suddenly there, and everybody's like, oh, you know, in family, in hospice, and if, if you're familiar with that scenario. And, like, when after he passed, he was there, but it was like, this is just, like, I related to his body as I would relate to this box. Yeah. I'm like, that's yeah. that's not him. It was incredible. That was That really was the thing that most put death into context for me. Both grandma and I, I don't know if your mom and my mom are the same, but both grandma and I saw the spirit come out of his mouth. It was, Damn. and I know that sounds nuts, but like with Aunt Boo, I became obsessed with seeing it again. Like when, wow. when Aunt Boo was dying, all I kept thinking was, when I see that spirit going, and like there was this peace in the room that I couldn't describe, all I kept thinking was, it will make all of this pain of losing Aunt Boo, you know, I'll feel that peace again and it's going to be fine. So, but it did not manifest itself the same way at all. Mm. There were beautiful parts to it, but they were just so different. And I thought yeah. it was going to be exactly the same, which how crazy is that? Yeah. That yeah, I'm thinking yeah. each death is, is going to be the same. And Carson's was totally different. Yeah. Yeah. But those, you know... <laughs> We set the tone with grandpas, mm -hmm. I think, of how to do death really well, which our mom's cousins one time said, I said, we do death really well. And she was like, that's because you guys do life really well. Ooh, wow, I like that. It was so, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing to say. And I was so appreciative wow. of it. Um, because it's hard not to sometimes feel like you guys are a hot mess. Yeah. You're a hot mess. Um, we were. Yes. We were no longer. Right. But that woman saw what we were doing as beautiful. Yeah. And a, a beautiful way to live life, you know? And so when we were talking, I don't even know where I was going with that. No, like, like, we, like talking about them, their, their, their bot, their souls leaving their bodies. Yeah. We were talking about that. Yeah. So I thought it was going to like be. Like Aunt Booze was going to be, it was different than. Yeah, and, and Carson's grandpa's. Yeah, that's what it was. We, you played the guitar. You know, yeah, yeah. even Grandma laughed when you played "Knocking on Heaven's Door." <laughs> while we kept leaving the room, waiting for him to go. Like maybe he doesn't want us all in here. Or yeah, maybe, you know, yeah. going back and forth. And finally, when it started to happen, your mom, Grandma, Aunt Boo, and I were all talking about undergarments. And I'm sure he was like, yeah, I'm out. I am not <laughs> yeah. listening to this. Um, but it set the tone for us being together. Everybody was kind yeah. and loving. We joked. We embraced. We cried. We laughed. Like, it was, it was amazing. So then we had that template. Yeah. Copy-paste. Yes. Yeah. And with Aunt Boo, and that was different. That was... Four months, and it was really intense. I mean, Grandpa's was seven days in hospice. Yeah. You know, Aunt Boo's was four months of, you know, the caretaking from beginning to end. 
and not mobile because of that broken hip that didn't heal. And so it meant we had to do so many things outside of the box. Um, but we did it. And then with Carson's, it's, he's 31 and he decides to move to Marshall because he was with us at the end of Aunt Boo's, which P.S. I made him do. Really? Really? Yeah. Move to Marshall? No, I didn't make a move. I'm sorry. I made him come to um, Marshall when Ampo was dying. Oh, really? Wow. Because at some point, I finally said, listen, it can't be, you know, your mom was <laughs> yeah, from there Germany. continuously yeah, yeah, yeah. Canada. She was oh, there she in was Canada. in Canada. That's right. Um, she was there continuously. And I mean, that's super hard to be, yeah. you know, doing that from country to country. And mom, I knew mom couldn't shoulder it all. I knew I couldn't shoulder it all. Your mom was doing more than her part. Beeves had a baby coming and another baby there. I mean, like, you know, Jamie was almost having that baby. Yeah. And I think he, well, he was born a, a week before she died, I think. I think so. And She was still conscious and she um, saw him. Yeah. yeah, saw him. Yeah. yeah. But, and Tay couldn't at that point. He was yeah. too sick. And yeah. so I said to Carson, there's no way in hell we can do all this. You're going to have to come here. Yeah. And he was like, you know, because Carson didn't like messy. Yeah. I didn't like messy. Now, he loved his mama, but it was messy and yeah. it was hard. And so he finally said, I was like, you know, can you get time off? Are you going to come here on weekends? What are you doing? And he said, <sighs> it was like information that he was like, oh, damn, I'm going to have to tell her. He was like, the military will give me 30 days off. And so what we established and Johnny, now I look back and I'm like, how the hell, what did we, what were we thinking about this? Okay. Like with grandpa, I knew when it was time to call hospice and it didn't fit grandma's timeline. She didn't want to do it yet until the following day. She wanted it to be January before we called. Oh. And on December 31st, I said, I'm calling whether you say it's okay or not. I'm not leaving you here. We need a hospital bed. We need all the things. Yeah. And they came, they swooped in. It was yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. Well, with Aunt Boo's, Carson was like, you got to let me know when there's 30 days left. Okay. I took that, that burden and that responsibility, and I really, truly believed that was my job. To tell? To tell Carson... When there was 30 days. When there's 30 days left. Okay. Because he was like, listen, because, and you know how he was. Yeah. He's right in my face. I can't take more than that. And so if you miss the mark, I won't be here when it happens. Jeez. I won't be able to help. No, like no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Right? Johnny, I really did think that that was appropriate. Yeah. And that I was serving a purpose there. So, um, spoiler alert, <laughs> we hit the 30 days yeah. on the mark. But at first, I said to him, yeah, okay, things are getting things are getting bad. And I called him. And Aunt Boo thought it was this beautiful thing that I was going to tell Cars when I thought it was 30 days. And here Aunt Boo was then looking to me for, how long am I going to be here? How much Jeez. longer have I got, you know? And so 
I one night had to call Aunt Boo and say, I uh, I pulled the trigger and your boyfriend's on his way. He's going to be here for a month. And she said to me, so you think it's time? And here, like, what the hell? What was I doing? Yeah. What was I doing? And now I'm like simultaneously embarrassed by that and in shock and like, oh my God, yeah. that was too much. Yeah. And we, you know, when I called, I'm never, never, never freaked that phone call. When I called him and I was like, buddy, it's time, you know, come back. And we did that. Those 30 days were beautiful and we couldn't have done it without him. Yeah. We could yeah. not have done that without him. We needed his physical strength. We needed that time with him that he would never really allow us to have. Yeah. And he was all in. Because whatever he did, he was all in. Yeah. And it was, man, that time was a gift. Yeah. Because he, you know, he just let all of us, he soaked in all mm. of our adoration and our love and and he was vulnerable and amazing. And then it kind of, after she passed, it kind of went away until he got sick. Yeah. And then it came back in a full force and he had to depend on people like he had never, ever, ever had to before. Oh, man. You want to talk about Ampu's time of death? Yeah, of course. So we have this uncomfortable moment in the penthouse, Ampu's place, where she's been going and lingering. And for people that have done that, it's it's torture. And the church calls us because... In big style, we've got everything prepared, right? Yeah. The entire funeral is set. Everything is done. It's going to be gorgeous. And the church says to us on Thursday morning at like 8, they called mom super early and said, if she hasn't passed, (laughs) um, if she doesn't pass today, I'm so sorry, but we won't be having the funeral on Saturday. It's Thursday. And Carson, who's already watching cat videos and with a hood over his head, is like, I can't take this anymore. I'm mm. not kidding. I I can't keep doing this. You guys, if she passes and then we have to wait like a week for the funeral, I'm not going to make it. And so everybody's feeling a lot of tension and pressure, right? So mom's saying this and we're like, oh, <laughs> and I said, well, Aunt Boo likes goals. Like, she likes a goal. She's going to pass by 10 o'clock. And your mom admitted later that she felt secretly embarrassed for me that I would make such a bold statement. (laughs) Grandma, grandma tears into me. Tears into me. She is pissed. How dare you say, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking to myself, Ampu, and Ampu never liked for me to get in trouble. I'm thinking, Ampu, come on. Dig in. <laughs> and she did like a goal. She liked to be early. And, you know, if you were on time, that was that was almost coming in late. And sure 
as all get out. (laughs) She passed at 10 o'clock. Wow. Really? She really did. Which is how we could have the funeral on Saturday. (laughs) Yeah. Because remember, Cars left that night. Yeah. He left that night. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. He was like, I can't. And I was, like, he told me in one of the bedrooms, he was, like, packing up his stuff. And um, I was like, you're telling me, Ants. I'm not. I am not telling for you, Carson. No way. If you're leaving today, then you're telling him. And he was like, fine. And, I mean, he didn't care. I, all I could think about was all of the, the wrongs of him having leave. And now, and it didn't take me too long to be like, of course he needed to go. And, and our moms were amazing about it. They were way more amazing. I was, I was stuck in the loyalty of the, no, 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 that's mm. not the, the quote unquote right thing to do. Oof. Yuck. Yeah. And he came back and he helped us pack up the apartment and, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, spent Easter with us and, you know, all the things. But it was, man, that was an intense time. Yeah. So pandemic, shandemic. For me, that was really kind of how it felt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know what? I can agree with that statement. Like, at least we're all going through the same things. Yeah. Like we're all, you know, everybody's yeah. had an effect of, of one kind yeah. or another with COVID. But in the beginning, I really felt a sense of camaraderie. Camaraderie. Yes, thank you. Um, because <laughs> You bailed at I like did. 20% of that it was, word. It, it was going to come out bad. And I was like, you've already like said but and some other things that probably you're going to regret later. Um, but no, I I did feel that sense of. We're all, we've all got a piece and a part in this. And it, it didn't feel like when, when that stuff happened with my daughter, it felt like we were on an island. Yeah. In a very small community, people were, it, it felt like people were afraid to support you. Yeah. It that's felt tough. like, you know, all of our, cha- all of our friends are different. Nothing is the same anymore. Yeah. Um, what's been replaced is, richer, deeper friendships that mm. more suit where I am. Do you think that's a function of what happened or do you think that's a function of healing? I think it is a function of both. Ooh. I, like I do. That. I really do. I like that. Yeah. Cause there were some, there's some entanglements and meshments that I want zero part of and no longer serve you that no longer serve me. And the, before, if it, none of that stuff had happened, I wouldn't have been seeking yeah. different answers and a different way to do things. Like, I, you know, I was dipping my toe in, but then, you know, I dove head in, head first. Like, okay, there are so many things that can be freeing on the other side of this. And yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I have found people that are waiting in those same deep, waters oh wow i mean truly like i got a a text from a woman whose child has been through something similar and this court case has been taking forever and i know her peripherally not not a ton and i got a text about what's going on with their case and at first like the old jamie was like well what am i supposed to do about this 
oh, I, I should go, I should go. And I thought, no, Jamie, you're supposed to support this mom. Yeah. Just like what you needed. And that is what you're doing. Yeah. Because my personality type is react, react, react. And, yeah. and a reaction is not the same thing as yeah. a response. A reaction is not, oh, man, that's great. I'm going to steal that. A mm-hmm. reaction is not the same as a response. Yes. Those are two That's very really, really good. things. That's profound truth. And now I can take the time to step back and realize, okay, is that a reaction, Jamie? What do you want your response to be? Mm. Okay. I, I feel great about my response being X, Y, Z. And typically... My reaction wouldn't be my best self that makes me feel the way I want to feel about me when I close my eyes at night. I want to feel good about the interactions I had with people, the connections, the... I I don't want to have any small talk anymore. Mm. I'm so done with that part. Yeah, with just... I'm so done with that part. Yeah. I mean, I'm done talking about COVID. I'm done talking about the masks. I'm done, yeah, like, yeah. all about of that politics stuff. I'd rather and, talk yeah, about you know. your kid's soccer schedule, and I've <laughs> and never wanted to talk about your kid's soccer schedule. Yeah. Um, but now, I would much rather you go down and deep, because now I know how to protect my, my own energy, mm. what I should give and not give. Yeah. The most powerful thing I can do for you is to pray and to sit in it with you and say, I'm right here. And not entangle. Not entangle. And not take away from their power. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's huge. Yeah. And constantly flexing that muscle so that it becomes, you know, that more natural thing instead of just rushing in trying to fix and solve and help somebody with something. I... I have been able to now step back in the ways that we handled. We took the the harder road in in terms of our daughter's. Um, what do, I mean? What do I call him? Like I, I don't know. The perpetrator. The perpetrator. Yeah. Um, we took the harder road because the harder road is. I'm sorry, but it's the doing the right thing, and the justice system is just as devastating as the crime itself it's there's not one easy part to it but things have changed in our community because of the things that because of walking out those steps yeah it's not like we did everything right but we got up each day and we tried hard for the protection of our community for the you know we could have just told nobody yeah. And protected our own kid. Which would have damaged her. Yeah. But in a small Mayberry-ish kind of town. Yeah. That that's what most people would prefer. Yeah. Because opening the secret, showing, you know, shedding light on the dark is painful. Yeah. It's it's in my opinion it's the right thing to do. It's the right way to heal. It's the right way forward. And, and I learned a ton of that from our situation with, like, our moms being able to talk about Ampu's abortion and yeah. Ampu being able to talk about it. It was it was very teeny, yeah. but she was able to say 
and to see what that secret did to, and the secrets that each of our parents had in their marriages and, you know, knowing I don't want to live, like I honor and respect you, please. Bless me if I choose to do it differently. Yes. Yes. That's incredible. Incredible. It's a good place to stop. I can't thank you enough for hosting me in your house two years in a row. I mean, seriously, you guys' family, I'm coming back again this year. <laughs> Good. Um, this time bringing the old uh, husband. Um, I'm super proud of you. I'm super proud of you. You guys have been leading us through this, you know? And to get to see you guys, you and Aunt Sin and seeing your dad yeah. this weekend, you know, um, and Googs all spearheading this work for all of us that I know is benefiting. I see it in my mom, my sister, my brother, um, my kids, my husband. My husband did one. Like, <laughs> how crazy is that? Like, that doesn't, yeah. you know, it doesn't make any rational sense, but you guys really opened the lid on that. And you're so far from the kids who... We're scaling the walls after seven, um, what were those? Shirley Temples. Seven Shirley Temples at the country club. (laughs) You know, you guys really opened things up for our family that is, has, is breathing new life into this family system that was already amazing. Yeah. But we get to be amazing in the most authentic, truthful way. And I just think that's that's part of what people are attracted to yeah. about us. That's our vibe. Doing it differently. Doing it differently. Honoring, honoring the gifts, man. Yeah. And honoring the weight of the burden and saying, hey, those no longer serve me. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Love you much. Love you too. Okay. <laughs>